I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast by the Takshashila Institution. We are a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like bringing fresh perspectives to Indian affairs and Indian perspectives to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello, and welcome to another episode of your favorite daily public policy podcast, the Takshashila Institution's All Things Policy. I'm Anushka Saxena, a research analyst with the Institution's Indo-Pacific Studies Program, and today I'm joined by Sham- Dr. Shambhavi Nayak, who's the head of research at the institution and also a co-chair for the sixth task force of the G20s. Think 20 initiative, the sixth task force being accelerating sustainable development goals, exploring new pathways to the 2030 agenda. Welcome, Shambhavi. Hi, Anushka. Hello to all the listeners. So, um, I think this would be an interesting conversation because uh, I'd like to understand from you uh, your experience uh, with regards to working with the Think 20, and what exactly does this initiative and working group entail? How exactly uh, do the suggestions that are formulated under various policy briefs submitted to the Think 20 function? Um, and what what does the g20 ultimately do with those recommendations i'd also like to know from you what your personal experience was interacting uh, with some of the conferences that were held under the think 20 initiative and uh, what is the future of this initiative and the policy suggestions that were made to this so shambhavi i think my first question to you would be could you tell our listeners a little bit about what the think 20 is and what is its mandate what roles does it entail over to you thank you thank you anushka uh, so the thing 20 or uh, it is more popularly known as t20 yeah. uh, is supposed to be the ideas bank for the g20 it was started in 2012 uh, by the mexican presidency uh, who initiated this idea that let, let's get think tanks from around the globe together to provide the g20 leaders uh, with good ideas to then discuss at the g20 summit as you can imagine uh, Mexico probably did not have the idea of of T twenty, uh, you know, being there being another popular form of T twenty, mm-hmm. uh, and that T twenty immediately resonates with uh, the G twenty. So when I first got an invitation to be co chair, I I must confess I I also did not know that the T twenty existed outside of cricket. Right. Um. And uh, I was at uh, I was at Brussels Airport, uh, getting back uh, to India, uh, and I got the email saying from from the chair. man of the t20 saying would you we would like to invite you to be coach and actually let us spend 15 minutes time to figure <laughs> right. out what this was right but now over over the past few months of working at the t20 i have got a fairly bit more realization of what the t20 actually is uh so it is a grouping of experts around the world of the g20 and in in case of india presidency you also invited people from outside the g20 uh to be a part of um uh, committees to discuss individual topics uh, or rather individual areas uh and then to kind of shortlist ideas which could be of consequence for the g20 and for the world 
that we feel that the G20 leaders should really be discussing, right? So it's kind of an agenda setting um, forum. By no means is it the only sub forum of the G20. You have Women 20, Business 20, Startup Productivity right. India, Initiative, etc. So it's part of that bunch of groupings which is supposed to feed in ideas for the G20. And uh, so then, as you can imagine, we start once the G20 presidency comes to a certain country, mm-hmm. but we have to end our process a few months before the G20 presidency ends because we really want time for the G20 leaders to take up the ideas, to discuss what, you know, to shortlist what they might end up actually taking forward, right? Um, so, and this is a parallel process that happens with the G20 task, or G20 meetings, etc., right? Uh, so it's a separate grouping in that sense and what we've been doing obviously is meeting and discussing um, since it's an ideas bank uh, uh, the T20 does not at any point of time kind of profess that we are the best uh, we outsource a lot of the idea making we have a call for abstracts from around the world uh, and then we look through those ideas and then we shortlist and then we take things forward right um, I think that this this um working group is uh, especially interesting because um, for the kind of work we do at Takshashila, it's important that um, governmental and interministerial conferences and groupings like the G20 give a platform to, like you said, outsource uh, policy thinking and ideas and innovation. Uh, And of course, um, as one of the co-chairs for the sixth task force, what would you say were the main uh, agenda items or work streams that were discussed under this particular task force? And what kind of value would, would you attach to the work streams that were selected under, say, the idea of accelerating SDGs? Right. Let me just take a step back and just for the Indian T20. So each T20 presidency usually chooses the task force areas that they want. India chose seven. Uh, different task forces. I won't go through all of them, but they broadly look at macroeconomics. Uh, the new one I think that we brought out was life, lifestyle for environment, which was task force three. And the idea that we, if you want a sustainable future, you have to at some point also start tempering consumption. Uh, and that's going to be a very important facet of how we how, how the world grows together. Uh, and so we had seven different task forces and I was co-chaired uh, along with several others uh, for task force six, like you said, accelerating sustainable development goals, uh, which is such a broad area if you think about it, because literally everything under the sun falls under sustainable development goals. As long as we want to have a future under the sun, everything gets subsumed in right. that. Right. For me personally, it was a very interesting sort of process because I got to work with uh, representatives from South Africa, Malaysia, uh, Brazil, uh, Russia. Um, obviously from India. Um, and so it was very interesting to see perspectives coming out. Uh, there was a lot of lot of similarities, but also a lot of differences, particularly when you saw Global South's uh, voices uh, in these fora, right? Um, and I think the overall value system that we kind of attached to this at the beginning uh, was that, is this really relevant to the G20? How does the G20, you know, what power does G20 have that other groupings or big, even bigger groupings don't have, right? So how do you leverage that unique aspect of being G20? And really, I think it is also, I, I think I, till that point of time, I had not realized how idea competitions work because there are 10 really good ideas, but you know that the, the G20 leaders might only have time to think through three, Uh 
and so how you know, you are given the tough task of the narrowing down and i think that perspective that hey maybe the leaders also don't really have that much time there's so many good ideas when you, when we call for abstracts i think just for tf6 we got more than 300 wow abstracts that we all had to read through and obviously across our work stream our work streams included food security nutrition water security promoting holistic outcomes in health uh, promoting di- biodiversity uh, gender sensitivity and agenda 2030 which is <laughs> literally how we live uh, right. so um, under that habit we uh, and it was quite exciting because we got abstracts from all over the world and um again it was very interesting to see some of the similarities in the challenges that people feel i think some i think we sometimes feel that challenges are very unique to india mm-hmm. but they are not uh, and it was kind of heartening to see that hey this this seems to be a, like a global issue that we need to all tackle together uh and therefore it matters to the g20 but it was also interesting to see how various countries various uh, researchers approached maybe the same problem there were some which were very data centric um some which were not uh, some which were very abstract so that i think it was a very interesting learning experience uh, for me right i mean um definitely th- that idea of ideas competition um sounds like um it would have led to discuss- deliberation and discussion on a lot of insights but at the same time it would also have led to a lot of ideas uh maybe uh, being left as a springboard for future research and something that can be considered in the future by by these governments and governmental yeah. officials right. that and have let me just talk about the process for yeah. how we actually filtered through this yeah uh, so when we got the abstracts we obviously had these work streams which were predetermined the abstracts were bucketed in into their work streams and each abstract was seen by at least two uh, co coaches or chairs right um, and then we had a cumulative score uh, to kind of mark on how we evaluated you know the abstract it was obviously uh, whether it was going to be relevant to the g20 uh, and something that the g20 should be pursuing mm-hmm. uh, because we saw a lot of say for example pilot studies we saw a, a lot of like very centric to a certain nation kind of a study which we knew that the g20 might not be the best forum to take it for right, right? so based on uh, the relevance based on the potential impact based on the novelty of the idea um, abstracts were then marked and then eventually we shortlisted some uh, at tf6 uh, then all of the abstracts were submitted to the t20 secretariat uh, the t20 secretariat then further shortlisted uh, because only a certain number of ideas could be submitted to the g20 right. or be part of the t20 overall publication list so we had two levels of filters uh, and two levels of experts that had a look at this idea um and i think the, i really think the ones that were chosen were the best that you know were the most relevant to the team right um that certainly sounds like a, a competitive process and and an elaborate experience um so i'm i'm curious uh, from your personal experience what did you find was a strategy uh, maybe not the best but the most uh, inclusive strategy to kind of bring the diverse set of ideas not just with regards to the abstracts that were submitted but with regards to what say your fellow co-chairs would think would be a more relevant or preferable idea as compared to perhaps what you or others would say and used it to kind of circumvent some of the differences to bring out the best possible most optimal outcomes yeah i think the ideas that we liked the most were ideas uh where there were a few institutions which had collaborated together uh for a study ideas which had done really deep literature review 
and you know been able to connect dots across uh, across literature um ideas um which uh, i think one of the, one of the one of the interesting observations i had was that they got a lot of abstracts in health right right and a lot of abstracts in health said oh healthcare should be made available to everybody which is not a novel idea and what we wanted was unique ideas i think everyone knows that healthcare should be available to everybody yeah. and it is very easy to put forward the idea the problem has been with the implementation mm-hmm. but on the flip side if you so look at something like promoting biodiversity which is really actually key also to health and mm-hmm. to various other outcomes we got very minimal number of abstracts and okay. ideas because it is not i say i think not a hot topic right and you could you could see that we didn't have to make efforts to include biodiversity in uh because as as the tpnt we cannot stand back and say that hey there are no abstracts here let's not go, go you know exactly. it is not an important enough topic because as as chairs and coaches we felt that this was going to be really critical whereas health obviously as we come out of covid has been uh, a more a more hot topic for people right. to think about and have ideas for um we obviously made sure that there was um inclusion um at the level of gender mm-hmm. um and also uh when there were student participations we actually got a lot of phd students also writing in mm-hmm. uh so i think there was there were efforts made uh to ensure that we had an even balance um within the areas the work, the work streams that we were given and the uh, the kind of ideas that were coming through right i think uh, two really interesting personal observations that i made from what you said one was uh, with regards to um, the fact that um, you know your idea has to be um, relevant but at the same time unique and um, that doesn't necessarily go to indicate that because we just came out of a pandemic experience that all of a sudden we uh, you know demand uh, universal healthcare and i think uh, g20 um, as an as a multilateral institution has been engaged in debates in the past on universal healthcare coverage individual g20 countries as well so i think uh the uniqueness of uh, such proposals might come from say the perspective of the country but overall um, it's also important to think from what the multilateral institution can achieve and what it has deliberated successfully in the past uh, but i just wanted to add here so the g20 i think what a lot of people do not realize is that the g20 does not actually have any organization as such to implement this mm-hmm. right so the g20 countries when they agree to something states in health they will take it to the who to actually operationalize it right right so the g20 by itself doesn't really have the resources to operationalize these ideas it is just that because they are the grouping of the world's biggest economies mm-hmm. they have that power to to kind of leverage existing organizations right, right? and we see a lot of ideas around hey g20 should do this g20 mm-hmm. should do that uh, but the fact is that the g20 does it through a mechanism and therefore you have to propose the mechanism absolutely yeah and um, that's that's why important and i think the second interesting point was uh with regards to how in the uh, selection process you would take note of whether there is collaborative efforts uh from scholars across different institutions or across different countries so i'm very curious to know um what what purpose this kind of serves and especially considering that the t20 uh made 
not only um, objective uh, kind of analyses of what was subjected but also made substantive interventions uh, like you mentioned that you know uh, you had to make an active effort to make sure that sub- biodiversity is a subject because in, it's important it's included and of course some of that might have come up in the process of um, the co-chairs giving in comments when some of the abstract was selected right so does institutional collaboration or cross country collaboration um, expand enhance the process of writing a certain policy brief or uh, help bring in these uh, these perspectives and put the substantive comments made by the t20 into play better than perhaps a single author or a single institutional piece would i think so multi institutional whether it is at a domestic level or an international level just brings in more perspectives mm-hmm. and that i think is key for the for a rigorous scrutiny of any idea mm-hmm. right um the other very pragmatic thing uh, from from our point of view is that we were working to very strict timelines right right uh, which meant that we also had to make sure that the people who were going to write the paper would actually write the paper mm-hmm. and obviously having multiple authors builds more confidence uh, right. that the paper will be written on time uh and that is that is just a pragmatic thing it is not about mm-hmm. inclusive or anything it is just a little it's a pragmatic thing that we had to think about mm-hmm. um so um but yeah i think multiple with the minute you have multiple people it brings especially if it is cross country it brings in various perspectives which are very interesting uh and we see this across i mean international collaborations you know chat the t20 right mm-hmm. the idea is if you want to create something that you then want to apply to the world mm-hmm. you can't just have a global north country do it mm-hmm. uh you will have to have a variety of voices and that is why i think it strengthens your proposal when you have multiple stay tuned to all things policy we'll be right back after a short commercial break Right, right, absolutely, and I think this is a very common discussion across academic and policy circles of how some narratives tend to become dominated by, say, global north or uh, western-led countries, and I think uh, to that also, uh, as you said, um, cross-country collaboration and cross-institution collaboration might really add a lot of perspective and value, um, and so at the culmination of the uh, publication of. Uh, many of these very very interesting uh, policy briefs like you said some of the best that were uh, shortlisted we also saw that the think 20 uh, published a communique i think at the end of july where it picked um, a set of uh, where it culled out a set of uh, recommendations from uh, a host of these policy briefs and uh, prepared the communique to be ultimately submitted for deliberation at the g20 so uh shambhavi for you what was that process like and um i think the ideas competition might have become much more elaborate and enhanced in actually coming to the conclusion of a communique so what would you please share your thoughts on that yeah it was i think um i think when we went through the final just list of ideas so we approved all of the ideas that we had to approve then we saw all the papers and there was mm-hmm. a review done for all the papers again by two people in most cases right um and um, then we finally got a list of ideas that we could bucket under broad topics mm-hmm. um and for me it was very interesting because i could see uh, similarities coming through across ideas in which we formulated as part of the uh, as core tenets for yeah. the tf6 communique which was that if you want to have sustainable development you have to foster a community centric approach 
and right. that means in community in our case doesn't mean humans it mm-hmm. means a community it means microorganisms plants animals birds and humans and so at the level of governance you have to think about what the community needs it might be a biodiversity hotspot where human needs are not really primary mm-hmm. should not be primary it's the biodiversity needs which are right. primary um second was uh, that technology brings down barriers to collective action mm-hmm. um sustainable development obviously requires collective action um uh, and collective action is not easy i think the best example we have seen of collective action working um is the montreal protocol in response to ozone depletion exactly. where as a global decided we are going to move away from using cfcs mm-hmm. uh, and then we could actually repair we didn't repair but we could actually halt the damage to mm-hmm. to ozone right and that collective action was enabled by a technology change right. and therefore technology should be used as an enabler for collective action but it should not be looked at as a silver bullet it should not be used because it exists right right uh, and we saw various proposals which kind of went back to hey let us go back to our old ways of doing things uh let's not unnecessarily use technology and i think that there is some uh, some merit to thinking that mm-hmm. right and that third was that we have to create a future ready society which basically meant that we have to build in resilience into our governance systems now we mm-hmm. can't we now kind of know that covid like events might occur again and again so we can't now disregard that and build governance which is not we just not take that into account yeah, right okay. uh so we have to our current governance has to create mechanisms to adopt to future challenges as and when they come um and we saw this thread running through the ideas and we picked ideas then which were unique mm-hmm. uh which brought out something new mm-hmm. which all the chairs and coaches thought were of value mm-hmm. and through their experience had seen them working at mm-hmm. at some level um and those were the ones that were selected for the final community right that's really i think um, the the point on building a future ready society is especially appealing to me um and i think it has something to do with the lines of the philosophy that you know we haven't inherited the earth from our ancestors but we've borrowed it from the future generations so i think uh, that's um, again like i said especially interesting and appealing and uh, apart from uh, the, pro- the the policy brief, brief process and the communique uh, the Th- think 20 also engaged in conferences and deliberations and meetings and i think some 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 of the ones that i know about was the think 20 working group meet in mysuru which you were recently a part of before that in january you were a part of this inception conference uh, where uh, you uh, discussed inclusive and equitable uh, digitalization and and you know how it's important for the crit- how it's important for the achievement of the sdg so uh, could you talk a little bit about what the deliberations at these meetings were like and right. what was your part so i think there were quite a few meetings mm-hmm. uh, so uh, all of the organizations uh, from which the coaches or chairs came mm-hmm. had the opportunity to organize their own t20 side meetings if they wanted right. to there were three main meetings of the t20 one was the inception conference in january mm-hmm. then there was a media meeting in mumbai in may and then right. the final summit which happened uh, in august um so uh, these were obviously touch points for the task forces to meet and uh, exchange ideas mm-hmm. for the for the individual task force members to kind of deliberate uh, on the communique and you know the abstracts etc 
but also to meet other people because there was a lot of overlap between the various task forces mm-hmm. as well. So we spent a lot of time also trying to cross pollinate ideas okay. uh, and have broader conversations with experts on some of some of the topics which had been identified to be the most relevant mm-hmm. uh, for the task forces. Uh, so healthcare, for example, in our case, and how digitization might in, uh, inform on better healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of these conversations were more a bit more technical in nature mm-hmm. on you know how do you derive the best ideas and what what is cutting edge right now exactly um, and then how does that inform our abstract selection process and then how does the abstract selection process actually inform then ongoing discussion so mm-hmm. I think those discussions also evolved as as we went through the abstract process um, simultaneously which was quite exactly. interesting. Right. But Anushka, let me ask you this: You submitted an abstract. <laughs> how did I you did. find the process from the other side? Oh, well, uh, yes, um, I think uh, it was especially uh, interesting because uh, myself and my co-author, um, Amit Kumar, we, um, had just we had just joined Takshashila, yes, and um, we had heard about the Think20's call for abstracts in December last year, uh, and we joined in January this year, but it was, and, and but we never really gave it a serious thought until it was in January this year that we came to the institution, and just two days after joining was the deadline for submission, 10th of January, and we were here on the 8th, and um, I think that was perhaps the fastest we <laughs> brainstormed and submitted an abstract for a call for papers. But I think it was one of the best decisions, best academic decisions we've made here because um, there's not only a certain degree of um, pride. Um, at, at the prime of AC, it would seem like there's a lot of pride attached with the fact that, oh, you, you have a recommendation for the G20 and it's now in the Think20 communique. But it was also about like you said, thinking of something that's unique and not thought of. So we submitted an abstract under the first task force, which is macroeconomics, trade and livelihoods. Our policy brief talked about reducing uh, data asymmetries to strengthen supply chain vulnerabilities. We also did a podcast uh, two days ago on this. The idea uh, behind this was to see... uh, Again, uh, COVID was a hot topic and so were supply chain disruptions. But our attempt was to try and find the one node uh, in discussing mitigation of supply chain disruptions that was perhaps least discussed in literature. And again, like you said, touch uh, diverse liter- uh, diverse uh, literatures and uh, try to make the best of what we can with regards to our capacity to recommend certain sets of actions and uh, what you talked about at the inception conference also which is digitalization uh, we try to give that a focus um, and so from the other side of the table i think that the process was extremely seamless uh, from from you know the deadline that was followed for the acceptance of the abstract to the comments that were given and the comments were so beautifully provided. Uh, if, it, if that was the case for us, I'm 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 sure that would have been the case for all those who all the scholars who submitted uh, their uh, their abstracts and proposals. Uh, we got comments from again two reviewers and uh, the two perspectives were uh, diverse. Um, and the comments added a lot of value to the recommendations we given, and ultimately, when we did submit the policy brief, um, there was again to come back to my first point: not just the the idea of pride, but also the feeling of satisfaction that this academic endeavor that we had so hastily undertaken and never expected would come to a fruition at the very start, and it actually chosen, did. And it got, it got reflected in the final G twenty community. Uh, yes, uh, I mean yes, uh, it it did. Uh, one. 
and of course the uh, communique uh, took called out like i said the best points from all of the policy briefs uh, but yes the one line that they did a lot to our policy brief uh, was absolutely succinct in kind of trying to explain what the idea was so yes grateful for that mm-hmm. and certainly uh, a memorable experience yeah i think overall the t20 has been a learning experience yeah. i think either side of the table absolutely uh, it is just remarkable on how many people you can actually reach mm-hmm. uh, how many ideas you can get um, and it just there's a lot of hope now mm-hmm. for me <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that and global action takes time but i think if we have adequate if you spend adequate amount of time pushing for good ideas then eventually they they will be accepted absolutely um i think uh, i'll have one final question for you shambhavi which is that uh, now you know we have the g20 summit uh, under india's presidency to look forward to uh, in a couple days on the 9th and 10th of september and uh, as you said the think 20s work is done a few weeks uh, or months before the summit uh, comes up the g20 summit comes up so that the uh, officials have time to deliberate on the recommendations so what's the next step uh, for the t20 um, next year the presidency is under brazil and uh, president lula so has has the t20 already begun their work how will the policy ideas that have been sum- submitted and deliberated on here translate into action in the future right so this is one of the things that we deliberated on as well that every year the t20 happens every year there are so many good ideas some of which we are obviously publicly known through the communities mm-hmm. but a lot of which are good ideas which might not have made the final cut but or might not be relevant as of now but might become relevant later mm-hmm. so how do you not lose this knowledge right uh, so okay the first thing i have to say is that the t20 work has been really finished mm-hmm. uh, so our communicated the g20 is done uh, but what happens now is that we still have a few events going on we have one in november uh, Uh, that is planned up for ideas that were received i think from t20 but right. for climate change uh, and these they are supposed to feed into feed into one of the larger forums so there will be more events as we go mm-hmm. so that i think that continues uh, till december right. um, when i think we officially the brazilian presidency then starts we actually also then obviously as parts of our teams we had brazilian colleagues Right. right so that kind of uh, and we also had indonesian colleagues mm-hmm. uh, who came in which were the lapas president so there was a little bit of distillation of ideas um, even within the task force right. and i think brazil will also make similar kind of maneuvers to kind of have more have indian counterparts as part of it right I, i don't know whether they will do but i expect and that's the hope yeah yeah so that there will be a certain passing on ideas from there uh, we also had a a, a meeting with uh, the task force 6 and task force 3 on the silence of the final summit okay. uh, where we discussed you know how do we then take the ideas of life and sustainable development forward uh, and i think individual collaborations might now start creeping out, out out of this where we take the ideas forward maybe outside of the think 20 forum itself uh, but the ideas which is i think the core of what we want to take forward might uh, now reflect in other sort of collaborations happening um the third is um there was an announcement for a g20 t20 kind of repository where they're going to create a research forum that create that acts as a central repository for all of these ideas wow. so that we don't have to revisit them again and again and again to kind of figure out you know where they came from right uh, so hopefully that would be also operationalized sooner uh from my understanding brazil might do very interesting things with this with this 
presidency that T20 might focus a lot on international collaborations and mm-hmm. on um, gender sensitivity etc uh, but we obviously have to wait for the public uh, announcement for a call of apps to right. come through to see you know what their task forces are what areas they're going to focus on mm-hmm. whether life will continue to be a mainstream task force right uh, for the presidencies um, so i think it's going to be an interesting uh, few months to come out um, and again I, as i said the the t20s the t20 the wide task with think tanks and academic representatives the call for abstract is open to everybody Mm-hmm. So it is not that you have to be part of a think tank or of an academic setup to apply, right? So if you think you have a good idea, do apply, uh, right. do do send it in. I mean, the process by itself, as you said, is also it's also good for your idea and mm-hmm. for you to kind of get peer reviewed ideas if you can get published at the end. Um, so I I think that once the call is out, we should all be again thinking of thinking of Absolutely. ideas and and this is the thing, right? Good ideas. We need to be reiterated again and again and again mm-hmm. and again and again, and so we we need just to keep up that effort, keep up the set the narrative uh, on what, on how the T twenty shapes the G twenty and the G twenty actually shapes the world. Um, I think uh, this brings me to um a a statement, a very interesting statement that once um uh, Dr. Vijay Kilkar made uh, at our office, which is that if you'd like to give across an idea to a governmental authority, it might not be noticed if it's mentioned once in a document, but it will definitely not be not- noticed if it is not mentioned multiple times across multiple documents. So I think with that kind of philosophy in mind, uh, we're all going to be looking forward to the next call for abstracts and to what um, Brazil has to do with uh the work streams and the task forces um thank you so much shambhavi this was uh this was a delightful conversation and i think um very interesting experiences emerging from you know uh the idea of the think 20 that we've been talking about a lot but haven't really had the chance to delve into and also to our listeners um uh, scholars, various scholars at the Takshashana Institution ha- have had opportunities to write policy briefs. Uh, Shambhavi herself has written excellent policy briefs on uh, the Biological Weapons Convention, stockpiles of essential medical supplies, and uh, reducing malnutrition, uh, uh, along with uh, other scholars like Saurabh, Harshit, uh, myself, our Deputy Director Pranay, and um, Shri Krishna. Right, so uh, please do visit the Takshashila website if you're curious to know about what the policy briefs look like and what the process entails. And um, thank you once again for tuning into another episode of All Things Policy. Thank you. If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at takshashilainst or our website takshashila.org.in.